0: Yeah, it really has to be seen to be believed, Hamish. Uh, from the air, both as you're approaching Broome and then obviously heading out towards Fitzroy Crossing, uh, the land, uh, the, the the water coverage really goes as far as the eye can see. Um, the Fitzroy River is coming down quite quickly. The flood levels are receding in most parts. Uh, but what we've been hearing over the last few days is that at points uh, at the peak, uh, the Fitzroy River expanded to be about 50 kilometres wide. Uh, which is just an enormous amount of water. Um, So, yeah, it's a massive flood and as you've heard, it's a record-breaking flood in what is already a very wet part of Australia. That's Queensland Senator and the Minister for Emergency Management in the Albanese Government, Murray Watt, speaking with Hamish McDonald on the ABC's Radio National, about the massive floods in northwest Western Australia. And this is the latest episode of Climate Conversations. Welcome. It's so great to have you on board. Climate Conversations is assembled here in Shepparton in Northern Victoria, Australia on the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. Yes, the stolen lands of the Yorta Yorta people. And I pay my respects to elders, past, present and emerging. You'll find a link to the Murray Watt interview on the ABC radio in the show notes. Natural disasters, or should I say, human-induced natural disasters can cost countries billions and billions of dollars, not only that they can disable the country in all sorts of ways. Here in Australia we have endured a significant drought and that drought cost lives, livelihoods and wrecked infrastructure. Then we had bushfires that tore up and down the east coast of Australia, through parts of South Australia, through parts of Western Australia, and caused immense damage, devastating the nation's wildlife and killing in excess of 3 billion species, large and small. Then we had floods. The floods again extended from the top of Eastern Australia to the bottom. And people were in desperate trouble. Properties were destroyed. And now, right now, in Western Australia, around Broome and Fitzroy River, we again have massive floods. Insurance costs for floods and storms hit $12.3 billion since January 2020. The story, which came from November last year, said with the February-March floods in southeast Queensland and New South Wales now classed as the most expensive natural disaster in the nation's history, at a cost of $5.65 billion. Data released today shows that the total insurance bill from disastrous wet weather has topped $12.3 billion since the start of 2020. Every eastern state has been significantly impacted by flooding over the past three years, while South Australia and Western Australia have been hit by storms and cyclone activity over that period. The Insurance Council of Australia, the ICA, reports 788,000 claims related to floods and storms declared insurance catastrophes and significant events have been received by insurers since january twenty twenty, meaning one in twenty five adult Australians has made such a claim in that period. And from the New Daily we hear, PM two is another flood zone as storm clouds gather on carbon cuts. The story by Jamie Robertson begins. Anthony Albanese has said tours of natural disaster areas have become an unfortunate fixture of his Prime Ministership as the government weathers controversy over a key part of his plans for carbon cuts. Mr Albanese and WA Premier Mark McGowan toured flood-stricken Fitzroy Crossing on Monday, a town of about 1,300 people in the Kimberley region, about 400 kilometres east of Broome. Mr Albanese met locals whom he said had maintained pride in the community they had built despite the devastation after a tropical cyclone brought floodwaters that peaked at 15.8 metres and left the town cut off. Now we shift to the conversation for a story written by Andrew McIntosh who is a professor and director of research at the ANU Law School and Don Butler who is a professor also at the Australian National University and their story has the headline, Chubb Review of Australia's Carbon Credit Scheme Falls Short and Problems Will Continue to Fester. The story begins. An independent review of Australia's carbon credit system, released today, concluded the scheme is essentially sound, but key questions remain unaddressed, a fact that will continue to undermine confidence in Australia's central climate policy. The review, led by the former chief scientist, Ian Chubb, followed concerns raised by our research team that the scheme lacked integrity and was not delivering genuine reductions in greenhouse gas emissions. The review panel, however, does not share this view. Climate Change and Energy Minister Chris Bowen on Monday said the government would implement all 16 of the review panel's recommendations, but more must be done to ensure the Albanese government truly delivers the emission reductions it has promised. And from the Australian Associated Press we hear, or at least we read, flood victims sleep rough amid aid delays. The story is written by Aaron Bunch and Poppy Johnston. It begins. Desperate residents in a flood ravaged remote Western Australian town are being forced to sleep rough as sudden runway slows the delivery of essential aid. Roads to Fitzroy Crossing remain cut off by floodwaters up to 50 kilometres wide with only helicopters and small planes able to land at the airstrip. One of the challenges has been the capacity to get the large planes into the airport. Mark Anderson, Foundation for Indigenous Sustainable Health Chief Executive, told AAP. The airstrip was covered with water for a week. It looks like an ocean on the edge of an airport. The Foundation is working with the WA Government to deliver non-food essential supplies like bedding, clothing and cookware to residents who have lost everything. And from the website, Energy, we read, Victorian and New South Wales governments agree to $7.8 billion renewable energy deal. The story begins. The Victorian and New South Wales governments have announced they will connect New South Wales Renewable Energy Zones, REZs, and plug Victoria's Snowy 2.0 hydropower project into the grid in a new deal. The deal aims to create thousands of new jobs in the energy industry and deliver energy that's more than reliable, secure, and affordable across the East Coast. The joint 7.8 billion deal will back eight critical transmission REZ projects, supporting more than 3,900 jobs in the region. And from the Huff Post, we read: Utah's Great Salt Lake could dry up within five years, scientists warn. Hilary Hansen writes, Utah's Great Salt Lake, the largest saltwater lake in the Western Hemisphere, could dry up completely within five years if water consumption is not significantly curbed, researchers warn. The lake's ecosystem is not only on the edge of collapse, it is collapsing. Benjamin Abbott, a professor of ecology at Brigham Young University and the lead author of a new report on the lake, told CNN. The choices we make over the next few months will affect our state and ecosystems throughout the West for decades to come. The lake's levels have been at record lows for two years in a row. If the water continues to drop at the same rate that it has since 2020, the lake as we know it is on track to disappear in five years, the report states. From phys.org we can read... Ecosystems in Victoria and Tasmania may be most at risk from climate change. A new study by researchers at the Australian National University, ANU, has shown that ecosystems in western parts of southeastern Australia, including western Victoria and western Tasmania, may be most at risk of feeling the impacts of climate change in the coming decades. The study compared the traits of plants currently growing in southeast Australia to species that have existed in the region over the past 12,000 years. Lead author of the study, Dr Matthew Adelaide, said many ecosystems in Australia already facing habitat loss and species extinction. We looked at traits like the height of the plants, the surface area of their leaves and the size of their seeds. Dr Adelaide said, these things can show us how plants have adapted to different environments. Finally, we have two stories from the conversation. The first is about Invasive rats are changing fish behaviour on coral reefs. New study. The story begins, Coral reefs are degrading rapidly to the extent that their marine inhabitants must either adapt or die. For many animals, including reef fish, behaviour is one of the first responses To changes in environmental conditions. Behavioral changes may be critical for predicting the future survival of many animal species. This is encouraging marine scientists to study how, why, and when these changes happen. Much of the existing research in the impact of environmental change on reef fish species tends to focus on increasing sea temperatures and ocean acidification, but some coral reef ecosystems. Are also threatened by one more surprising source. An invasive species, the black rat, has overrun many islands in the Chagos Archipelago, a remote group of small islands in the Indian Ocean. The rats are altering the functioning of surrounding marine ecosystems. The second of the two stories from the conversation is why Pacific Islanders are staying put even as rising seas flood their homes and crops. The story begins. Climate change is forcing people around the world to abandon their homes. In the Pacific Islands, rising sea levels are leaving communities facing tough decisions about relocation. Some are choosing to stay in high-risk areas. Our research investigated this phenomenon, known as voluntary immobility. The government of Fiji has identified Around 800 communities that may have to relocate due to climate change impacts. Six have already been moved. One of these is a village on Sierra Island, which was the focus of our study. Coastal erosion and flooding have severely damaged the village over the past two decades. Homes have been submerged, seawater has spoiled food crops, and the seawall has been destroyed. Despite this, almost all of Sierra Island's residents are choosing to stay. Links to all those stories mentioned today will be in the show notes. We've reached the end of this episode of Climate Conversations. Thanks so much for your company. So until we talk again, please take care, stay safe, and please be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share with your friends. In fact, I'd love you to share with your friends as we all need to know all we possibly can about dealing with the climate crisis. Please take care.